Amen. Dalawang linggong practice yan. Paano kung isang buwan pa yan? Amen. So, I really thank God na encourage my wife to sing. And um, she's very ano, nervous. Sabi niya, paano kung ubuhin ako? And I said, paano kung hindi? Diba? And amen. That's why I told Pastor Abel to prepare just in case. But thank God, yes, he made it. Well, would you like to sing her again next month? Amen. amen. All right, okay. We'll find a song for her. Please uh, send it to her. Do you have any song that you'd like to uh, Yeah, the last time we, she sang that song, I was uh, playing the guitar with her. Actually, she's uh, debating me. Sabi niya, sing with me. Sing with me. So, sabi ko, no, kaya mo yan. Babae ang kumakanta eh. You can, you can do that. I really thank God for her, you know, for her talent, you know, for the voice that God has given her. Amen. Sabi ko, sa munti ko nang sabihin, may tinatago ka pala, itago mo na lang. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and I thank God for her support. You know, every time I, uh, it's my turn that she really encouraged me talagang to sit down and study my lesson. All right, so tonight's uh, lesson is uh, uh, it's not new to us. I think uh, I, um, I have a message like, uh, um, like this. Like, I think it's uh, the root of bitterness. Last time I had one. But this time is uh, grow bitter or grow better. All right, so let's go to Lord in prayer first before we start um, our lesson. <clears throat> our Father, God in heaven, Lord, um, once again, we are here this evening, Lord, to humble ourselves, O oh Lord. You know our heart uh, and our mind. If there is any bitterness or any anger, O oh Lord, that's hidden in our heart or sin in our heart, I pray, Lord, that uh, you will forgive us, O oh Lord, so that the, uh, the message or the lesson that we're going to uh, learn tonight, uh, it will be... Uh, um, Help us, Lord, to accomplish, uh, apply this in our daily life, O oh Lord. Once again, Lord, I pray that uh, you be with me. You made the one that uh, put words in my mouth, Lord. And again, I'm not uh, worthy to be here, but, Lord, I thank you for, um, for thy goodness in using me, Lord, in this ministry. Once again, I thank you for this church, for the leaders, and for our members, Lord, who are very supportive in this kind of ministry. Thank you for your loving grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Okay, all right. So our text can be found in Ruth chapter 1, verse 19 to 22. Okay, allow me to read this verse. The Bible says, So they, so they too went un, until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass, when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them, and they said, it, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara or Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt bitterly, very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord had brought me home again empty, when they called ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord had testified against me, and the Almighty had afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth and Moabites, uh, her daughter-in-law, with her, with 
uh, which returned, returned out the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Oh boy, I'm nervous. I'm not going to sing. My wife just sang. Okay, so <clears throat> our lesson tonight is uh, probably uh, we are all guilty of this. Okay, uh, are we growing bitter or are we growing better? You know, upon uh, her return to Bethlehem, Naomi told the people to stop calling her Naomi. Instead, call her Mara or Mara. In Hebrew, a pleasant and call her Mara in bitterness. Naomi was bitter against God. This lesson explains why Naomi was wrong and how her sorrow was the prelude for the biggest of her life. So let me start this with an illustration. A mother of two boys, her husband died when they were in the late 50s. They had been looking forward to retiring in a few more years. But after he died, she discovered that he had left her in a terrible financial state. He never had been a good money handler, but because he handled all the finances for the family, the extent of this wrongdoing only became apparent after his death. So the wife became furious with him for leaving her on a condition that made her to work later life after, even though in, the, in her late 70s. You know, she had... Um, she had years of loans. She had uh, without uh, no knowledge that she had paid pay off. She had medical insurance, but there were thousands of dollars not covered by his insurance because he had made a foolish choice in the insurance he chose. Now her anger was filled with resentment, which in time turned into bitterness. First against her husband, against her husband, and later against God. Her two boys heard her saying several times, why did God do this to me? It's not fair. You know, we hear that many times our children, right? It's not fair, Daddy. How come she do this and how come she had this and I don't? Sadly, her bitterness toward her husband and God influenced her relationship with her children and friends. So she had become an unhappy person to be around with, her husband, who has since passed away, was an illustration of the danger of doing what Naomi does in our story or in our lesson, blaming our circumstances on God and becoming bitter against him. So notice three things here. So I only have three points, okay? As a basketball player, I like three-pointers, but I don't know if we will make it. The first one is God had allowed someone bad things to happen in Naomi's life. Now, God had allowed some bad things to happen in Naomi's life. So earlier in Ruth 1, if you recall, in Ruth chapter 1, we learned that Naomi's husband died and her two sons died. A woman without a man to support and protect her was in dangerous position in that day. You know, especially being a foreign land, far away from relatives. So we see that God allowed some deep trials in Ruth's life. So maybe we can ask this question in our life. 
Why does God allow trials in our life? Why does God trial, allow trials in our life? So I have four reasons here that we can see. The first one is consequential trial, okay? That is those that are the harvest of our own action, of our own choices. Trials of this nature are the uh, necessary that God's direct judgment or special hand on a person. So it's sim simply that life decision has consequences based on certain moral, moral laws God set in places. That's why I always encourage my children or my wife, every time you make decision, always put God in it. Put God first if you can. So this is the pretty, uh, predominant theme of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs says over and over again, act in good and godly ways and certain rewards and blessings are the outcome of the lifestyle. But vice versa, if you act in unrighteous and unwise way, there are certain con consequences that can be expected. Of course, for instance, if you are sexually immoral, you will have at least a guilty conscience. You may damage or destroy your marriage, and you may even have contract a sexual transmitted disease. So if you go into a dip, uh, into a depth and do not save for a rainy day, you may find yourself in a deep financial problems or financial crisis. So teenagers, we have teenagers, okay? If you are liberated before marriage, you may find yourself facing a teenage pregnancy. So these kinds of things that are not God's fault in direct action in his part, if we make a wrong choices, we'll experience the natural consequences of these choices. So we can hardly place the blame of these things at God's feet since we are the author of our own autobiography. The second one is corrective trials. I like this one. Corrective trials. That is trials God allows as discipline to correct sin or wrong habit in our lives. If we do not take care of sin and sinful habits, though uh, through confession, God wants to put us back on the right road. And he does so by disciplining us. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 6, Okay, keep your fingers in there. The Bible says, verse 5, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My sons, despite not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loveth, he disciplined and chastened and scourged. So you see, God loves us so much. You know, not to allow us to continue in actions that will harm us. So, he lovingly allowed trials in our lives to cause us to examine ourselves, to examine our life, and take action and change our behavior and attitude. What, in, what is in the result of this? In verse 11, in the, same, in the same book, okay, chapter 12, verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be, to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of uh, righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Okay, the third trial here, we can see the constructive trials. 
trials God allows in our lives to make us better people. Okay? Not a bitter people. To build His characters in us or to make us be more dependent on Him. God loves those things. You know, He likes to call. He wants us to call to Him every time. You know, He wants us to be dependent on, on Him. You know, in Psalms uh, 119, verse 67, the Bible says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep thy word. And in verse 71, the same chapter, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. So a New Testament illustration expressed by Paul in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. The Bible says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience and patience, experience hope. In verse 5, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost is given unto us. So how do we get all, all of these good things? Well, you know, I hate to tell you, but they come through tribulations and trials. You know, uh, and the last thing that I could see in why God allows trials in our life is the crowning trials. Trials God allows just to bring glory to his name and accomplish his glorious purposes. So you can choose any of this, you know, to exercise your, your uh, to be a better Christian. You know, <clears throat> Lazarus' death is an example of this. It was said that Lazarus died. But God allowed it so that Jesus could raise him from the dead to reveal his power and his deity. Job is another example. Okay? One of the, one of the was, uh, one who was afflicted to bring glory to God by teaching us about trials through the book of Job. This is something that we may not want to experience. We suddenly back in fear from the idea of suffering to accomplish some good purposes, especially when you read the first chapter, how Job suffered, you know, lost everything. But our attitude springs up to move. We know that God, the move, that move we want to serve, his purpose and be a participant on his kingdom on earth. You know, we cannot escape on all is this. We all suffer for trials. But again, allow this for good, for good, you know, in, for good reason. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul details a quick list of all sufferings he has endured to serve God. Okay? He endures troubles, distress, perplexity, and persecution. Does he resent it? Did he get a mad, mad at God? No. He says in verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us for more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen. So what a power, powerful way to live. We don't know for sure which is of this reason God allowed Naomi to suffer the tribulation she, said, she did. So her problems could be, have been the direct consequence of her and her husband's decision to move away from the house of bread and give praise to the pagan, worldly land of Moab. If so, she had no one to blame for her troubles but herself and her husband. But she didn't see it that way. Number two, 
Now Naomi developed a wrong view of God de dealing in her life. Okay? In verse 13, For it grieved me much for your sake that, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. So now, that is almost a uh, blasphemous thing to say, isn't it? You know, if her trials were consequential in nature, that is the consequences of her um, Elimelech's decision. So it wasn't the Lord's hand that was against her. She was living out of the consequences of bad choices. If they were God's discipline on specific sins and sin patterns in her life, then they were really a good things meant to bring her back into God's will and fellowship. Whatever the reason, God always used our trials for good purpose in our lives. Amen. As well, we see it later. So my point is, no matter what the reason for, that, for your trials or, or your angers against God or misplaced and result of her, uh, of your uh, not resting in God's goodness. And look now in verse 20. The Bible says, And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Do you sometimes feel that, that God dealt bitterly with you? What did she mean by this? Remember that the meaning of names was more important in ancient society than today. And then in the book of Ruth, the meaning of names is essential to understand the book. Naomi means pleasant. Okay, I will call Sister Naomi now from now on. Say, hey, Sister Pleasant, how are you? While Mara means bitter. So she was saying, in effect, don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me bitter because I am just a bitter old woman. Why was she was telling everyone to call her bitter instead of pleasant? She tells us that at the end of the verse 20 through verse 21, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. In verse 21, I went out full, and the Lord had brought me home again empty, when then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. So Naomi had become bitter against God. She was questioning God's goodness and wisdom in his dealing with her. Why did God do this to me, she said. I don't deserve this. He's got a vendetta or bitter against me. Now before uh, you judge Naomi too harshly, let's be honest and admit that. Very um, in our life. You know, and when that through, we may not be able that level of resentment in Naomi's deed. So probably most of us have also questioned the Lord dealing in our lives at one time or another. Now, there are many things that we question the Lord. You know, why this and why that? But to do so is to look at our trials through the eyes of unbelief. Okay? In the end of the Lord, has the purpose in what he wants to accomplish in our lives. And trials are the tools God uses to mold us and to form us. So just as with diamond in the rough, okay? Have you seen a diamond? Oh, boy. I wish I could buy my wife a diamond. You know, she could be more prettier. You know? Well? <clears throat> okay, just as with diamond in the rough. 
where the craftsman must take a sharp tools to chip away the rock growing around the diamond to reveal its glorious beauty. See how they suffered the diamond to become more beautiful? You know, they really like chip them, chip them out and like grind them or something to be shiny. So much God, the master craftsman used trials to chip away the things in our lives that do not conform of his character and will in our lives. So, uh, Geoffrey Bustamante is in the sermon titled, Let the Pain Remain, said, There is a Chinese proverb, A gem is not polished without rubbing, nor a man made better without trials. You know, sure, it doesn't feel good to go through a cutting, rough ages and grinding moments of trials and problems in our life. You know, sometimes they are recurring. Remember this. Life is full of rubbing, shoulders, and exchanging swords. Every time life would seem cut you, grind you, and means that God is working in you, make you a better you. Amen. And the last point I have, amen? amen? Naomi's bitterness against God was bad for her. Verse 19, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all that city was moved about them, and they said, is this Naomi? You know, the people were shocked. The last person they expected after all these years was Naomi. So I'm sure some of the surprises was in how she had aged. Okay? Tumandasya. But I wonder if something else is intimated with her. Doctors, you know, doctor tells us that the bitter people cleans and grind their teeth. Is that true? You know, resulting in a with bitter people. You know, like, you know, like riding their jaw and angry-looking wrinkle lines we often sometimes see with their face. You know, you know, I, sometimes I hear a comment, Bakit laging galit ka? Sabi sa akin, mukha kang laging galit. Do I look like that? You know, kaya minsan eh, kahit na masakit ang ngipin ko, mamingiti pa rin ako eh. So whatever the reason for the surprise is seeing Naomi, notice Naomi's uh, cynical view of God's in verse 21. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me, he said. I went out full, and as the Lord has brought me home again empty, when they call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty had afflicted me. So Naomi had a developed pessimistic mindset where she saw only bad in her circumstances. The truth was that she did not return empty. You know, she had Ruth, you know, her greatest asset. But that's what bitterness does. You know, it blurs your vision to God's goodness and blessing. You know, na, did you experience that you are, you really, really get mad? You know, you don't want to hear anything. You don't want to see anything. You probably just slam the door in your room. Just leave me alone, you know. <coughs> so, Naomi had developed a pessimistic mindset. Now, just look, look at this. Uh, have you seen a, um, what do you call this, a feeble? You know, that's, those are small stone? Pebbles. Pebbles, okay. Pebbles, <coughs> so each trouble we experience like a pebble. You know, a small stone made smooth, round by the action of water or sand. So try to put them in your eye. You know, those very things. 
You know, it hurts. You won't see anything. Try to hold it so close to your eyes and it fills the whole world that puts everything out of focus. So if you hold it proper viewing distance and it can be examined and evaluated in a more reasonable and accurate perspective. Now, let me say, let me say this, that we have no right to judge Ruth so harshly because I doubt that anyone here has our spouse and our kids, it would be hard for that to deeply affect us in our good mood, at least for a while. It would be easy to question God, but in the end, God calls us to trust Him in the midst of loss and grief and pain and trials. You know, sometimes our kids really, you know, lose our temper, but we thank God. Again, God gives us back. You know, um, Jim Moore wrote a book titled, You Can Grow Bitter or You Can Grow Better. So he writes that he got the idea for the title from a young woman who once came to him in a most tragic moment in her life. She had tears in her eyes and, he, and her knuckles were white and she twisted a uh, handkerchief. She had just received word from her 26 years old husband and had been killed in a farming accident leaving her alone with three preschool kids. One moment she was alive and vibrant, and one next moment he was gone. She sobbed. I don't know how am I going to able to get along with this. But I do know one thing, he said, I can either get bitter or I can get better. So in your times of sorrow or trials, let me ask you this, you have Two choices. You can either grow bitter or you can grow better. In my conclusion, don't fall into the Naomi's trap by becoming bitter against God for his dealings in your life. So let me share some things with you to help us if that's where you are now or in the future. Okay? You may be good today. Okay, in the future, you might be still good, hopefully. First, remember that if you're facing great problems and trials as a believer, you are in good company. You are in good company. You know, I remember, I think I shared this before, when my wife was pregnant with my second child, Raquel. She's supposed to have a, a twin baby. But after uh, a week or a month, the twin um, uh, died or vanished. They call it a vanishing twin. So I was worried with uh, another baby that my wife has it, and I really cried to the Lord. You know, really cried to the Lord. And Lord, please make this baby healthy. And then when she got, um, what we call this, a blood work, something, and they told us that the baby has a uh, neuro defect. Okay, so again, that's another problem. Now, they show us different things, videos, things like what a neuro defect is. I mean, wow, they are really, um, it's sad things, you know, that they're old enough and they're still in the wheelchair. Now, the thing is, they want us, they gave us a choice is either to keep her or to abort her. 
and I told my wife, we, we spoke together. We want to keep our child, our daughter. So, and then uh, during her pregnancy, my wife's like, you know, praying here, praying there. And again, so here, here comes the day that Raquel's about to come out, see what's going on. Oh boy, hanggang ngayon. See, if, I, if, I, if we choose to uh, abort her, wala kaming Raquel na matigas na ulo. Right? Wala, wala. So, I mean, I mean we, we, every year we're waiting na kung nagde-develop siya or hindi. Because a neuro defect is like, you know, things, you know. And then, again, by the grace of God, she grew up uh, uh, healthy and, and, um, and a pretty girl. And I thank God for my three kids. You know, they are really uh, love their daddy, I guess. And uh, praying for their dads, of, of course. And the Bible, the Bible is filled with good people who went through awful trials. Okay? Um, Moses, for example, suffered from uh, chronic grum, uh, grumbling and opposition from the Israelites. Joseph was sold into slavery. Okay? We, we saw the movie. I mean, the, uh, I think Joseph, it was a good one. Slavery by his own brothers, falsely accused by an evil tempers and imprisoned on false charges. Job, okay, like example before, the most righteous man on earth in, this, in his day, lost everything, his belongings, his children, and his health. But again, he never gave up. David was tormented or harassed by troubles and opposition from the moment he was anointed king until his death. David, um, I'm sorry, the Old Testament prophets was persecuted mercilessly. Jesus, for example, was hounded his whole ministry by hostility and was finally executed. So the apostles faced many trials and persecutions. That's why if we face, uh, my encouragement to us is if we face any kind of persecutions or trials, just look back. Just look at to these people that I, I, have, I have mentioned. You know, especially to Jesus Christ. Misan, you know, masakit lang ipin natin. We complain. What if we got crucified on the cross? You know, mawala kayo sakit ng ipin natin, pero masakit, di ba? But I thank God, you know, we experience all these things. Now, no wonder Peter says, uh, Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 13 to 14, But rejoice, he said, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with all exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and God rested upon you, on but on your part he is glorified. Peter is telling us, when you go through trials, don't get bitter, get better. Second thing he recognized that God has a purpose in trials as we discussed earlier. So he knows what he is doing in our life. What is the best for us? And he gives us that hopeful promise in Romans 8.28 that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. May God give us the strength to trust that promise. Philippians 4.13 you know, I can't forget this, uh, Bible, uh, this verse. You know uh, the boxer uh, Evander Holyfield? This is his uh, verse. You know, every time he go to the ring, he has his 
quote that he has. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things to Christ, which strengtheneth me. Third, never forget that God is always righteous and good in all his dealings. In Psalms 145, David writes in, in one of those soaring odds to God and all he is. So he waxes eloquently about God's splendor and majesty and power in the first part of the psalm. And the second half deals with God's goodness in our lives. In verse 17, 145 verse 17, the Bible says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways. <coughs> Excuse me. And holy in all his works. So he is righteous in all his ways. That means that no matter what you're experiencing, God is just unfair and holy in, in how he deals with you. Not unfair, okay? And fair, okay? Second, David says, God is holy in all his works. I choose to use the word holy. Here, but other modern versions translate it kind, faithful, merciful, loving, compassionate, or gracious. Why are there so many ways that different versions have expressed this? The problem is there, no, is there, there is no single best word to use in our language because the Hebrew word for this is cheese. Okay, that means kindness or love between people. It's so pregnant with meaning that none of those words alone can accurately capture all that it means. So cheese is used throughout the Old Testament to describe God's unique relationship. Not cheese, okay? Okay, it's a C-H-E-S-E-D. Okay, incorporating his special covenant loyalty and love for us who are his people. So his mercy and compassion for us, his special care for us, his abiding faithfulness no matter how unfaithful we are to him, his gracious working in our lives. So those are all separate concepts in our mind. But when a Jew heard cheese, all those concepts were understood together. No wonder we need all the translation together to understand it. Here's what the means. Here's what this means to you and me. No matter what your trials in this life, God has a special loyalty. God has special love, has special mercy, has special compassion, care, and faithfulness for you and me and it is all to uphold his holiness and build you know his holiness into our life so this is a uh, this is an assurance that no matter what the trials we are in god will be with us he will keep us he has our best interest in heart and he will work all together for good whatever you and me are doing, are going through. Remember that what you are going through is not the end of the story. In this passage, we see that Naomi is complaining and gripping against God, but notice the last phrase in verse 22 of our text. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. So the rest of the story is how God brought them at exactly the right time, exactly to the right field, 
where God had prepared exactly right man of, for Ruth to meet, who would be the answer to all Ruth's and Naomi's problems, Naomi could only see sorrow, but God was preparing to bring great joy in her life. So you see, often our deepest sorrow are prelude to God's greatest blessing. I remember a song uh, titled, God Will Make This Trial a Blessing. Can you believe in that promise? You know, in Psalms 30, verse 5, the Bible says, Weeping may endure for the night, for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Can you believe in that promise? Can you claim it when you're going through a trials? The next time you are in fairy trials, remember, God has a purpose in it. He will be gracious and get you through it by his cheese. He will turn your trials into good of your life. And there will be a blessing to come that is greater than today's pain. So don't get bitter in the time of trials. Get better by humbly submitting to God's dealing in your life and trusting in God's good and hand. We were, I was talking to, because um, every week, every weekdays, uh, every Tuesday now, we have this uh, um, <clears throat> FaceTime with my, my, with my siblings especially my brother Elmer in the Philippines. Uh, he's just waiting, waiting for um, the schedule for his uh, heart surgery. But they already paid the uh, no, uh, down payment. According to him, because he, he's so very um, uh, down when we, when we talk to him. And like, uh, plus the uh, dialysis and the and diabetic. Sabiko, may the Lord have mercy on you, brother. Sabiko, don't, don't uh, just, I mean, just stay put, you know. And good thing, um, yung son niya, nagagamit niya sa ministry niya. When he can't preach, the son will, will take over the, the pulpit. So uh, today I received a, received a message from his son, Elmerson. Now they scheduled him December 15. Wow, that's a long time. I hope he'll make it that that way. And according to him, sana merong, if there's somebody counseled to get uh, ano, surgery and he will be the priority to, to be in it. So yeah, as a family, we are all uh, suffering with this. So continue to pray for him. But I thank God for his goodness and his, uh, um, mercy in our life. You know, I really thank God for this church that uh, we can talk to someone if you don't want to share your problems to other people. You know, uh, I think I remember one time I shared my uh, problems and when Pastor Max and was alive, I talked to him and Sister Josie and I really cried to them, you know, about things that's going on in my life. And I know they will pray for you when they say, I will pray for you, brother. They will pray for you, and I know all of us here, when we say we're praying for you, and uh, that's why we have all this uh, prayer list in our, in our bulletin. Um, but we thank God again for your presence tonight and for your um, patience, uh, <clears throat> and I thank God for, for using me in this uh, ministry. Again, uh, okay, let's go to Lord in prayer, and Pastor Sam will come in, in our... Needs.
Lord Jesus, we are so heavy tonight. Oh Lord, um, our heart is full of uh, trials and problems. But uh, in spite of all of this, oh Lord, we claim your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we thank you for all our brethren, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are willing to comfort us, especially to those who are in needs. And we thank you, Lord, for this, uh, this wonderful church that you have given us. And I pray, Father, Lord, that uh, every time we encounter all the things that we have learned tonight, Lord, help us, Lord, to take this positively and joyfully, O oh Lord. You have said that in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. Lord, we pray that help us to be thankful in everything that's happening in our life. Help us to be, um, to have a gratitude heart, Lord, to, to the things that we are facing right now. Lord, again, uh, we pray that you will uh, shower us the blessings, and we know, Lord, that uh, we will overcome all the problems and trials that we are facing right now. But we thank you for your loving grace to us. And please be with us always and guide us as we depart from this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you very much, and good night, Pastor.